Rabotai, today the halacha titled The Great Insurance Plan. So now, in many different types of Averot, the Yitzhahara shows up and tells a person, what's the big deal? No real damage is going to come out of this. Who says they're going to believe you? Who says? They know the guy. You're just saying it out of conversation. You're saying it to be cute. You're saying it just to get a little attention. But there's no real damage that's going to come out of him. Or rather, the words you're about to say about him. But the truth is, la even if a person speaks Lashon Hara and his listeners do not believe what he said, and in truth, no harm came to the person that he spoke about, nonetheless still, he committed an Avera of Lashon Hara, Ben Adam Lamakom. Between him and God, and Avera was still committed. And he's going to need to do Teshuvah on this. And this is even if they didn't believe it. Still Avera. Do Teshuvah. What's the Teshuvah on that type of Lashon Hara? Well, like every Avera ben Adam Lamakom, first you regret what you said. And then you have to confess what you did wrong and what you said. And then Kabbalah Latid. You have to take upon yourself never to repeat it again in the future. Now, what happens if the people you were talking to what happens if the listeners did believe the Lashon Hara that you said? Now already, the person that you spoke about is looking bad. They actually accepted the Lashon Hara. In the eyes of the listeners, they're never going to look at this guy the same. They're already, there's a much bigger Teshuvah that needs to be done. The speaker has to go and ask forgiveness from the victim. It's not easy, but it has to be done. It has to go in front of the guy and say, listen, I feel terrible. I slipped. I said something about you I shouldn't have said. And we're hoping that the person will forgive you quickly and easily. And after that forgiveness, then he has to still do Teshuvah on the Avera, which is between him and God. Ben Adam Lamakom. And there he has to do Teshuvah, regretting what he did, confessing what he did, and the Kabbalah Lati to take upon himself, I'm never going to repeat and speak Lashon Hara again. And this is amazing. Here again we see how dangerous the speaking of Lashon Hara really is. Where if a person regularly speaks Lashon Hara, it's almost impossible to do Teshuvah. He can't remember all the people he spoke about. How is he supposed to go out and start asking forgiveness from people that he has no clue, nor does he remember what he said and who they were? And therefore you see how difficult and how serious this Avon is. It's so difficult to do Teshuvah once a person becomes a regular speaker of Lashon Hara. And if he, even if he remembers the victims that he spoke about. But it's very shameful. It's not easy to walk up to somebody and say, Hey, I spoke badly about you. They start grilling you. Really? What did you say? How did you say that? So it's hard to get that forgiveness. And therefore, Lashon Hara is not just a terrible Avera, but it's a stain that's hard to get out, hard to get away from, hard to do Teshuvah the Arizal writes something amazing. The Hafez Chaim brings this. He says, if a person wants a great sigulah, if you want a great insurance plan, a guarantee that no one will speak against you badly in any way, refrain from speaking Lashon Hara about people. You'll realize that when you don't speak bad about others, people start to love you. They trust you more. They confide in you with their secrets, knowing that this is a person that's very careful with their words and they don't say what they shouldn't. And not just that. They don't speak against you either. Midah keneged midah. Thank you for listening. Now, gentlemen, there's nothing more frustrating than when you come to someone and you ask him to do you a favor. And you know the guy can do you the favor, and he turns you down. It's so frustrating, because you know he can do it. 
And at the same time, you also know that if he would ask you for the same favor and you'd be able to do it, you would do it. You're the type of person that does favors for people. And you never ask anybody for anything. And you ask one time, one guy, for a favor you know he can do, and he doesn't come through. It's so frustrating. It's so difficult to hold that in and not to want to go out and broadcast and tell people, you see this guy? What do I ask for? Nothing. I was there for him so many times in life. I come in and I ask him one thing. And does he come through? No. Says the halach, you're not allowed to degrade a person who refused to do someone a favor. Those are character faults, that you're not allowed to tell over to other people. Absolute lashon hara. Now guys, this was talking even if the guy who was asked to do a favor was doing a favor for someone else, and you eyewitness, you saw that someone asked this guy for a favor, he was able to do it, and he still decided not to do it. And still, you're not allowed to tell over to other people that this guy did not come through and did not do a favor for other people. Amazing. However, if we're talking here about you yourself, where you yourself was asked, you yourself asked this guy for a favor, and you know he can do it for you, and you're always there for him, and he didn't come through for you, and he told you no, if you're going to go now and tell other people that this guy didn't do you the favor, not only is it Lashon Hara, but it's also a second Avera. It's also revenge. And therefore, no matter if the guy was able to do it for you or not, you're not allowed to tell anybody else that he did not do the favor. Don't take revenge. Just a quick recap. So, if he didn't do a favor for someone else, even if you saw it, Lashon Hara, you're not allowed to tell it over. If he didn't do you a favor, you're not allowed to tell it over either. It's two problems, Lashon Hara and the Avera of taking revenge. Quickly, I just want to mention a thought. Why sometimes does a guy find himself in these positions? Where, you know, you went out, you did favors for this person your whole life, and now you're asking them for a favor, and they flat out say no. And it's so frustrating. Why do you think sometimes Hashem puts us in these positions? Maybe just for a thought. How many times do we come to Hashem and we ask Him to do us a favor in an area that we ourselves weren't really so good in? Hashem, please be rachum. Please be chanun. Hashem says, wait one second, you're asking me to be rachum chanun? Are you rachum and chanun? Oh, so you're asking me to do you a favor on something that you don't really deserve. On something that when it came time for you to do that favor to others, you didn't come through. So sometimes he puts us in this position and he has us ask favor to people and we get flat out, straight out, put down. Hashem says, remember, how are you going to react? Realize. Be mavater, let it go. And if you do so, when you ask me for favors, even if you don't deserve it, I'll be mavater and I'll do you the favor as well. I want to mention to our iTorah uh, listeners for this program, these halachot are going to be taken down for about a month because we're making a series that's going to be found in a banner at the bottom of the page that's going to be about Shemirat HaLashon daily. So for the next 30 days, if you don't see these halachot, remember, it's coming back soon. Thank you for listening. The name of today's halachot is Character Assassination. Hmm. And the halachot goes like this. I'd like to give another definition. Let's define perception. Human perception. Human perception is how people perceive a certain person in a certain way. And although the person might be something completely different 
but in the eyes of the people, they understand that this is him. Your perception is what makes the understanding of that person. And therefore, I think you understand very well, the halacha states that to disgrace a person for his lack of intelligence or to disgrace a person for his lack of strength or maybe his lack of wealth is absolutely lashon hara and forbidden. You are insulting his character. And in a way, it's a certain character assassination that makes people look at this guy in a very not good way. Absolute Lashon Hana. Now, if a person speaks about the lackings of other people, they disgrace his intelligence, his strength, his wealth, but then they exaggerate on top of that, or they say something that's not completely true. So not only are they over Lashon Hara, they're actually over something even worse. They're over on Motsi Shemra. They're a spreader of false rumors. And that's an even bigger Aveda. That's an even bigger sin. So Rabotai, to insult a person's intelligence is one of the worst offenses when it comes to Lashonana. This concept of character assassination, if you would understand the damage that it does to people, if the guy is single, it can destroy his Shiduchim. If the guy is a businessman, it can destroy his business, his reputation of business on the line. And if someone's a rabbi, forget about it. It can damage and destroy the standing in the eyes of the people or his standing in the eyes of the community. It can even lose his job. It can cost him his job. On this note, specifically when it comes to Rabbanim, which is very prevalent, to insult a rabbi's intelligence or to insult the shiurim or to insult his integrity is something that literally is an insult on the Torah itself not only on the rabbi, but what he represents. And by insulting him, his integrity or his shiurim or whatever it may be, it's a desecration to the actual Torah HaKadoshah. I thought to myself, why do you get up when a Talmud Chacham, a rabbi, comes into the room? It's because the Gemara tells us that this Talmud Chacham is encapsulated with the Torah HaKadoshah inside of him. He's a walking Sefer Torah. And just like when a Torah comes into the room, you stand up, when the rabbi, who's a walking Sefer Torah, comes into the room, you stand up as well. And if that's the case, how careful are we when we take the Sefer Torah out from the Hechal? How careful are we that the person that's holding it is holding and supporting the Torah well, that it should never fall, chas v'shalom? The same way we're so careful about holding the Torah itself, making sure it should never fall, is the same way we're obligated to hold up and support our Talmidei Chachamim and make sure that they never fall in the eyes of other people. Thank you for listening. Today's halachot titled, Diffusing Arguments. Now we've already discussed in the past that to disgrace somebody for their personality faults is even worse than to disgrace them for their actions. Amazing. And by the way, people tend to believe that Lashon Hara more than even the Lashon Hara of actions. However, there's actually a time that you're allowed to talk about somebody's personality faults. And not only that, it's even a mitzvah to do so. Could you imagine? It's a mitzvah to go and talk about somebody else's personality faults. And when is that time? When you're coming to diffuse an argument. When you're coming to bring shalom between people. Then, as an example, you have a guy who is very sensitive. And he hates another guy because that guy offended him. You're allowed to go over to the guy that was offended and tell him, listen, don't take it to heart. You know, sometimes this guy kids around. 
Well, you know, sometimes this guy acts a little foolish. Come on. He didn't mean it. It wasn't that there was any hurtful intent. Or maybe you could tell the guy. He has a very coarse way of speaking. But he speaks like that to everybody. That's just the way he speaks. But he didn't mean it to hurt you in any way. He didn't mean it with a harmful intent. You see, then already you're actually highlighting personality faults. But it was meant to diffuse an argument then you're allowed to do so. Matter of fact, it's a mitzvah to do so, to bring shalom back between two people. Amazing. So just for clarity, you can speak about personality faults as long as it diffuses an argument and brings shalom. Now, if people consider that a per- certain person is considered talmid chacha, you're not allowed to go and say, you know, the guy that you think is talmid chacham, he really doesn't know that much. Number one, that will embarrass him. And also, that really hurts his standing in the community and amongst people. However, if the community is actually considering hiring a rabbi, and they're looking into different candidates, and they're looking into one guy that they're actually leaning towards, and you know that they're kind of under a false impression, let's just say, thinking that he's a much bigger Torah scholar than he really is, then you're actually allowed to go and tell them, hey, I know you're looking into this person as the next rabbi of the shul, I just want to let you know you might be under a false impression of his Torah knowledge. He might not be as qualified as you think. Now, clearly, this goes with those famous conditions. You're not allowed to exaggerate, and you have to know the information firsthand, and you cannot be an enemy of the person, and you cannot have any other ulterior motive other than the toilet. But considering that you have those conditions in place, you're allowed to give them a heads up that they're under a false impression just want to end off with a thought. It's amazing to me. Lashon Hara is so serious. And Borei Olam is so makbit on Lashon Hara. And yet, when it came to diffusing an argument between two Jews, Hashem was willing to even allow you to highlight someone's personality fault just to bring back the shalom between two Jews. I think that Ein Raya Gedola Mizu how big the concept of shalom between two Jews in the eyes of Hashem. Like the famous words of the Chatam Sofer, Hasam givulech shalom. When someone draws the line and says, this is where I draw my line in life. You know the line I draw? Shalom. Hasam givulech shalom. This is a line that I will not cross. When it comes to shalom, that's where I draw the line. You know what he's zochet to? Chelev chitim. Hashem blesses him with the fattest and the good of all the wheat and parnasah in the world. Thank you for listening. The halachot today are titled, It All Depends. It all depends. You know, there are certain comments that a person makes in his life that may or may not be Lashon Hara. It all depends on the person that they're speaking about. You know, the same comment could be a compliment to one person and it could be an insult to somebody else. For an example, you say, wow, this guy? This guy learns three to four hours a day. Now, if that guy is a working person, it's a tremendous compliment. But on the other hand, if he's a yeshiva student who's supposed to be learning Torah to, Yomam, Valayla, and you say he only puts in three or four hours a day, now that might be an insult. The same comment to one person is a compliment to the other person's an insult, depending on who you're speaking about. Another example, you say, wow, this guy, he spends hundreds of dollars on Shabbat. Now, if he's a person of limited means, and he went the extra mile to be 
beautify his Shabbat. It's an unbelievable compliment. On the other hand, if this is a very wealthy person, to say that he put out a few hundred for Shabbat is not exactly where he could be or should be performing his Onig Shabbat. It would be an insult. Or especially, wow, we hear this when it comes to charity a lot. From that guy, I got a $180 check. Now, if this guy was very limited means, so a $180 check for someone who's very limited in their financial situation is a wonderful donation. But if this guy is an extremely wealthy individual and you're expecting a very big check and you walked out with $180, suddenly it's an insult. So the same comment, depending on who you're talking about, can go from a compliment to Lashon Hara. Amazing. Here's the general rule. Remember, any comment that could be looked at when spoken about a certain person as either something that's going to cause him either personal damage or monetary damage or even mental anguish automatically automatically is Lashon Hara. Everything in this world that was given to us from our gifts to our blessings was a hand-made suit specifically for your specifications. The way Hashem showers us with blessings on our specific specification is the way we were meant to talk specifically about people and the compliments to them. Thank you for listening. The name of today's halacha is counterproductive. It's very interesting. We've been talking till now about degrading other people. And to make someone else look in a bad light is clearly Lashon Hara. What about if you didn't degrade the person, but you, instead you degraded their possessions? You degraded something they own, something they're wearing, maybe something they sell. So you're degrading not the person, but their product, their possessions. Does that also constitute Lashon Hara? Chafetz Chaim tells us, yes, it does. You're not allowed to degrade even the possessions of another person. That also constitutes Lashon Hara. Even the products, if you know, you have someone in business, they're selling a product line. If you degrade their products of your friend's business, that's also Lashon Hara. For example, you have a competitor and he puts down the products of his competition. That's forbidden. That's Lashon Hara, period. As well, Hafez Chaim tells us, what happens if you have two people that are speaking Lashon Hara together? Then the Avera is even worse. You see, when one person speaks Lashon Hara, you think, is it true, not true? But when two people speak Lashon Hara, it's like al Edim, you know? It's two people giving you over information. When they tell it over as two, it's so much more believable. And because of that, the Avera is so much worse. Amazing. What happens if one person speaks Lashon Hara to a group, and then another person just simply repeats it over again to the group? Even though he's just repeating, but the Lashon Hara that he repeats from the guy he heard it from is also considered Lashon Hara, spoken by the second guy, and it is also Asur and forbidden. And I'm thinking about this for a minute. We were talking about speaking Lashon Hara about someone's products and business. It's amazing how much Lashon Hara goes on in business. And it's so counterproductive. The whole point that someone goes into business is to be successful, to be wealthy, to make a parnasa that Hashem is going to bless them with. Speaking Lashon Hara in the business place is the greatest counterproductive force to being successful in business. Just the opposite. Lashon Hara brings to poverty. It brings to business failure. And yet, 
In business is probably one of the most prevalent places that Lashon Hara has spoken. Off control. Off the charts. The Sefer HaKaneh was once asked by a Talmud, if Lashon Hara brings to Tzara'at, how come today the majority of Jews in Klal Yisrael don't have leprosy? Why don't they have Tzara'at? And the Rebbe answered the Talmud, he said, today, today we're inflicted with poverty. The Aniyut is in place of the Tzara'at of once upon a time. Could you imagine that? People run to the other side of the world just to get all types of sigulot to make a few extra dollars. Little did they know that the biggest sigula is staring at them right in their face and it's hanging on the tip of their tongue. Thank you for listening. This morning's halachot, the title is The Good Listener. Now this is interesting. You know, till now we were talking about what you're allowed to say, what you're not allowed to say. We're always talking about the speaker. Today we're going to talk about the other half of the coin. Today we're going to talk about the listener. Now, as a listener, you are not allowed to listen to someone speaking Lashon Hara. You're not allowed to believe what you're hearing when someone is telling you Lashon Hara. You cannot believe the words to be true, period. Now, this does not mean that the person that's telling you what they're telling you is a liar. We're not saying that. We're simply saying that the person that's speaking and saying over the Lashon Hara, he's saying built on an assumption that he thinks it's true. But in truth, you, the listener, still have the opportunity to judge the person that he's talking about favorably. And therefore, although the guy's not a liar, but the assumption he's making might be incorrect. And therefore, you heard what he said about that guy? Don't take it as true. Rather, the person he's talking about Judge that person favorably. The probably the guy's assumption is incorrect. However, if there's no way to judge the person he's talking about favorably, then you're not allowed to believe the story at all. Now listen to this. When it comes to listening, a person is not allowed to say, you know what, I'll listen to the Lashon Hara, but I know myself, I won't believe it. No, no. You're not allowed to listen to it, period. Even if you're coming with the mindset that I'm going to listen but not believe, that still is not enough of a heter to actually listen to the Lashon Hara. And therefore, you're not allowed to listen to it at all. However, if you hear that someone is starting to speak Lashon Hara about someone that's relevant to you, meaning you're about to do a shiduch with this person, you're about to go as a business partner in business with this person, or do business with this person. So there's something relevant about the person that this guy just began speaking Lashon Hara about, then already you're allowed to listen, but only to protect yourself. Because he's talking about someone that you're about to enter dealings with. But you're not allowed to believe what you're hearing is true, but you may listen on the defense just to protect yourself, telling yourself, I don't believe one word of it, but it's important for me to at least hear maybe there's something here that will protect me from the dealings I'm about to enter with this person. Just for a moment, I want to finish and tell you how great of a role the listener plays. You know, as a speaker, someone who gives classes, you have no idea how important the role of the listeners in the room when you're speaking. I remember the days when we used to give the classes on radio. I was sitting there in a room with a a set of headphones on my ear, and I was standing in front of a wall in a small little studio, talking to nobody. 
There was no one to project to. There was no one to pick up the vibes on what you were speaking. I remember years ago, we invited one of my favorites, Rabbi Pesach Kron, Shem Shegivim Arichut Yamim Mishanim. We invited him here to the shul to speak once. And he was speaking to our Bet Knesset. And at the end of the speech, he came up to me and he, and he told me something I'll never forget. He said to me, Rabbi Dubi, thank you. And I thought he was talking about inviting him. And then he said, Rabbi Dubi, thank you. You're a great listener. When I was speaking, I was able to kind of zero in on your face in the crowd. I felt I had someone really soaking in and taking the information. He walked up to me after the class and said, you made it easier for me to speak because I had a great listener. I thought to myself when it came to this halacha, look at that. Chafetz Chaim's right. I mean, of course he's right. The listener plays a big role in the speaker. It actually invites the speaker to speak and to speak maybe even more. And therefore, as much as it's terrible to speak Lashonara, it's terrible to give the speaker a listening ear to listen to the Lashonara as well. Remember, you can't have a bank robber without someone in the getaway car. Thank you for listening. Today's halachot is titled The Mugger. So we were talking about the halachot that are referring to the person who's listening to Lashonara. There are two points, that the moment the person starts listening to Lashonara, he has to stop and he has to think about. The first one is relevance, and the second one is influence. That's our guide, relevance and influence. So now, a person walks up to you, and they start talking to you Lashonara. You stop them, and you begin to ask them two questions. Before you go on, wait one second, before you go on, Does this information you're about to tell me now have any relevance to me? And second, the information you're about to tell me now, is it anyone that I can influence and change them to be able to do the right thing? If the answer is yes, then you can go on and I'll listen. You're not allowed to believe it, what you're about to hear to be true, but you're allowed to listen. Why? Because it might be relevant to you, the listener, or you, the listener, might be listening to something about someone that you could do something about. You have influence on that person. You could change them for the better. There's a great toilet. Example, if they're coming and talking to you about a random guy that you know who he is, but you have no connection to, so you can't change him for the better, and at the same time, there's no relevance to you because you have no connection to that person, then straight away, if there's no practical benefit, you're not allowed to listen at all. But if they're talking to you about your business partner or your best friend or your wife or a family member, Now here there's relevance. That's relevant to you. They're talking to you about your business partner. They're talking to you about someone that was just brought to you for a shiduch. That's relevant to you. You're allowed to listen, but you're not allowed to believe anything to be true. You can listen to simply protect yourself. Or maybe it's relevant to you because the person's a family member, so you have influence on them. And if you hear what they told you, you can go and try to admonish and change the person for the better. Then you're allowed to listen. No relevance, no influence, you're not allowed to listen at all. Now, it's interesting, when the speaker who starts telling you this Lashonara is being faced with these type of questions, you can be sure that he's going to be very discouraged ever to speak Lashonara again. Definitely not to you. And that in itself is an incredible toilet. Now, let's speak out another point. What if you know that the speaker is about to say Lashonara, he's about to tell a story about someone you know, 
And you know you'll be able to disprove that story. So it might not be relevant per se to you. It might not be someone you have influence on. But you know the guy and you know the person's a good person. And you'd be able to disprove the story to be true. So like this, the people listening won't buy the Lashon Hara that this guy is about to tell. Or maybe you're good at kind of showing the right way to judge people favorably, even in situations that might look bad. So you're going to stick around and listen to the guy's story because you're going to show everyone who's listening how that they should judge favorably the person in the story and not take it as Lashon Hara. In those instances, not only should you listen, but it's a mitzvah to stand there, listen to the story, and disprove it. Or it's a mitzvah to stand there, listen to the story, and then show everyone who also listened how they should judge the person favorably and how what you see in this world is not always what you get. Think of it for a minute. It's like jumping into rough waters because you see someone's drowning and you're jumping in for the sake of saving them. Save the person that's being spoken about. It's like seeing a good friend walking down a dark alley. I like this mashal better. He's walking down a dark alley and he's about to get mugged. You run down the alley and you save him from the mugger. That's when you stick around and listen to what's about to be spoken about someone for the sake of disproving it or judging favorably, saving them. Save them. And the last point, if someone already listened to Lashon Hara, you are in a conversation with somebody and you already listened, there's a way to correct the sin. And that is catch yourself and ask yourself, wait, let me try to judge this guy favorably. Let me spin this guy's words, the Lashon Hara, back to a judging favorably the person, showing myself and everyone else and even the speaker that there's still a way to judge this person favorably. And by doing that, You've undone the sin of listening to Shmirat HaLashon. But if you're in front of somebody that you know, no matter how much you're going to judge the person favorably, they're still not going to let you go. They're not going to let you vindicate the person that they're talking about. Wait till he leaves. And then turn to everybody in the group and say, listen, I know the story seems to be pretty bad. But you know what? Maybe. And you start judging them favorably. So quick recap. When you're listening to Lashon, when you're about to listen to Lashon Ara, You ask two questions. Is this relevant? And can I admonish this person and have influence to turn him to good? Second point, when you hear someone speaking Lashon Ara, if you can disprove the story or judge him favorably, it's a mitzvah to listen. And the third point, if you already listened to Lashon Ara, you can undo the sin by turning it and judging the person favorably nonetheless. Remember, when your brother's walking down that dark alley, and he's about to be mugged by this speaker. Jump in there and save him verbal, verbally. Thank you for listening. Gentlemen, today the halacha is titled Bad Circles. Now, when a person finds himself in a group of people, and this group, they're deep into the speaking of Lashon Hara. They're really ripping it one after the next. They're going through people like you go through disposable cups. One after the next, they're ripping through with Lashon Hara. You know that if you're to try to rebuke them, it's going to be futile. It's not going to get you anywhere. These people are totally into the ripping of other people. And therefore, the only thing you can do is leave the group, get up, and leave their company. Now, it's not always possible to get up and leave. Sometimes it could be a family table. It could be a Shabbat table, Hasvishalom. 
If you cannot get up and leave because either you're too embarrassed, so then plug your ears. And if you're too embarrassed to do that, then if you have no choice to sit amongst a group of gossipers that you know there's no way of stopping them, the following must be done. Number one, as you're sitting there, you're not allowed to believe anything they're saying. Secondly, you have to put into your mind, I'm not enjoying any of the information that they're giving over to the table. And thirdly, you have to also tell yourself, I'm not going to add to the conversation, nor am I going to show any agreeance to what they're saying. Just the opposite. You're supposed to sit there with a long face. You're supposed to sit there and show disfavor, that you're not happy with what they're talking about, but you're staying silent. If you can meet those three conditions and you, have, and you don't have the ability to leave, those three conditions can keep you by the table in a halachic permissible way. Don't believe, don't enjoy, and don't say nothing. Just the opposite. Show disfavor. Now, if somebody joins a group of people intentionally with the specific intent in order to hear the latest, in order to hear Lashon Hara, in order to jump in on the gossip, he knows that this group, they got the goods on everybody. He knows that this group, you can pick up the dirt on the entire community. They know the detail about everyone. And you want to come in now and listen to what's the latest. So the intention of coming to this group was for the sake of enjoying their Lashon Hara. That Avera is even worse than Lashon Hara. You see, because here already, the person is looked at by Hashem as a Rasha. Says the Chafetz Chaim, this guy, he came intentionally just to hear the group's Lashon Hara. He's now considered a Baal Lashon Hara. And even though he's not talking, and he's not adding, he's just coming to listen. Yeah, but you're aiding and abetting to a terrible crime. It's amazing the Midrash tells us, Hashem says, I can and I will save you from all misfortune in this world, on condition that you silence the Satan, that he can't speak. How? By you not speaking against others, by you not speaking Lashon Hara. And therefore, if somebody goes and speaks Lashon Hara, he actually is inviting the Satan to speak against him. And Hashem says at that moment, oh boy, how can I save you? Could you imagine somebody that actually enters a group just for the sake of Lashon Hara? Not only is he looking for the sins, but look how he's losing the greatest blessing, Borei Olam, who's willing to give him all fortune. And now, Hashem says, you invited on the Lashon Hara, you invited on yourself, the Satan Chas Shalom. Thank you for listening. Today's halacha is titled, Judgmental. Now we know that you're not allowed to listen to Lashon Hara, and it is a terrible sin. But you're not even allowed to listen to someone else judging another person unfavorably. Now, if you do listen and accept the unfavorable judgment that someone else is judging another Jew unfavorably, not only do you transgress by listening to Lashon Hara, you also get the Avera of the mitzvah commandment of judging your fellow righteously, even just by listening. And therefore, be very careful. If a person is God-fearing, it's even worse. If the person that they're judging unfavorably is a God-fearing and righteous person, that person has even more of a reason to demand from you a favorable judgment. The Avedah is much worse if you listen 
to an unfavorable judgment of someone, a rabbi or a righteous person. Forget about your own Rebbe, that's the worst. There's a much bigger Tana then. You know, this is very common when someone, Hasr Shalom, would lose a court case in Bedin. So after he loses the case, he's upset and he walks out of the Bedin and he starts judging the Dayanim or the rabbis unfavorably, you know, accusing them. They probably like the guy or they know the guy. Or maybe he paid them off. He starts making all types of unfavorable accusations. Calm the guy down. Calm him down. Tell him, listen, reason with him. Maybe the Bedin, they judged the way they did because they had reasons. And you start telling him the reasons and try to show him that there's no reason but to judge the rabbis and the Dayanim favorably and their judgment. You know, one of the biggest pitfalls when it comes to not judging another Jew favorably, is that you become a judgmental person. And this is the worst. Those people live miserable lives. Everyone around them is guilty till proven innocent. Everyone around them is something wrong, and they know how, and they know why, and they're judging their lives from beginning to end. What they don't realize is that sometimes when Hashem wants to judge you, He sends you the Nisayon, the test, of seeing how you're going to judge other people. And exactly the way you judged others is the way Hashem judges you. Thank you for listening. Today's halachot titled, Verifying the Matter. Now, whatever is not allowed to be spoken is not allowed to be believed. Whatever information you're not allowed to speak is the information that you're never allowed to believe when spoken. For an example, let's say somebody writes down Lashon Hara. So we know, not only if you speak Lashon Hara, you're not allowed to speak it, and you're not allowed to believe it. But even written Lashon Hara, you're not allowed to write down Lashon Hara and show it to them in a written word. So too, if you read written Lashon Hara, you're not allowed to believe it either. Again, whatever is not allowed to be spoken or written is not allowed to be believed either. Now, even though it's forbidden to believe Lashon Hara, it's still permitted to be able to verify the matter and to make sure that you're going to protect yourself from getting hurt or damaged if what the person is telling you might pertain to you. For instance, I'll give you an example. One neighbor comes to another neighbor. He says, listen, you know that our neighbor, Mr. So-and-so, he showed everybody his construction plans and we all agreed to sign off to allow him to do it. I found out that the construction plans he showed us weren't the real ones. He's planning, once we sign off, to take the construction and triple it, something we'd never agreed to. So now, this is Lashon Hara. And you're not allowed to believe what you just heard either. But you're allowed to step in and verify because this might cause damage to you. This might be detrimental to you. So you could step in, verify, and just make sure that you're protected from whatever you just heard. Now, once we're talking about construction plans, I just want to let you know an amazing Midrash that states, could you imagine when the Beta Migdash Shalishi comes down, there isn't going to be an appeal. Could you imagine if someone came to you and said, we're making an appeal to collect money for the Beta Migdash? I mean, <laughs> anybody would pour out everything they got just to be able to sponsor as many bricks of the coming Beta Migdash when Mashiach comes. But in truth, the sponsorship of the bricks of the Bet HaMikdash to come is not through money. There's no money. There's no sponsorships. There's only one way to really cause and earn 
the building of this coming third Bet HaMikdash. And that is, by not speaking Lashon Hara, you get a sponsorship. By not believing Lashon Hara, they give you a bigger brick. By not promoting hatred in Klal Yisrael, rather the opposite. Promoting Shalom between Jews, you get even more of a chilek of the sponsorship of this Bayit Shalishi. When Mashiach comes, it's going to be known. It's going to be made known by Melech HaMashiach who caused the building of this Bet HaMikdash and who contributed to the Bayit Shalishi. Thank you for listening. These halachot titled, Not Allowed to Believe. So now, Rabotai, listen to this. We know you're not allowed to believe Lashon Hara. And therefore, opening with today's halachot would seem uh, a little bit superfluous. But in truth, you're not allowed to act upon the Lashon Hara that you hear. You're not allowed to cause damage to the person that you heard Lashon Hara about. You're not allowed to disgrace the person that you heard Lashon Hara about. And, you know, it's funny, if, if you're not allowed to believe it, then of course you're not allowed to act upon it. Because you wouldn't be acting upon it if you didn't believe it. So the person already went wrong. He heard Lashon Hara and he believed it. And now he caught himself. That's the guy that today's halachot are zeroing in on. You, you believe the Lashon Hara when you aren't allowed to. So now, stop the bleeding. Because if you're going to act upon it, you're going to get another Avera of Lashon Hara. If you're going to disgrace the person that you heard Lashon Hara about, you're going to get another Avera of Lashon Hara. So if you did hear Lashon Hara about someone, you're not allowed to act upon it. You're not allowed to hate the person for it. You're not allowed to disgrace the person, let alone you're not allowed to even believe what you heard in the first place. Now, what happens if you heard Lashon Hara about a person? And now the guy goes and he wants to neglect obligations that he has to that person because of the Lashon Hara he heard. As an example, you heard Lashon Hara that this worker in your store he was accused of stealing from you. Now you have no proof. You don't know if it's true. So you're not allowed to believe it. And because you're not allowed to believe it, you cannot act upon it. So this guy was accused of stealing from your store. You're not allowed to hold his salary back saying, hey, this guy might have stolen from me. Until it's proven true, you're not allowed to believe it. You're not allowed to act upon it. You're not allowed to forego or neglect your obligations to that person. Very common if somebody's collecting tzedakah. He's going from shul to shul. And someone tells you, you see that guy? He's a fake. You don't know if it's true or not. You're not allowed to believe it. Now, this guy's going to say, my gosh, maybe the guy's a fake. So now he's no longer going to give tzedakah. He's going to hold back from giving tzedakah to this guy because maybe he's a fake. You're not allowed to hold back from giving tzedakah to someone who is accused of being a faker. If you don't know it's true, you're not allowed to believe it. Now you're going to say, wait one second, Rabbi, you already taught us in the past that if you hear Lashon Ara about somebody and it's pertaining to you and it actually can affect you, you're allowed to protect yourself. You're allowed to protect yourself. And if that's the case, this guy might be a fake, the guy that's collecting tzedakah. So let me protect myself and not give. The only time you're allowed to protect yourself when you hear Lashon Hara about somebody is only when it comes to things that you're not already obligated in. But over here, you're obligated to give tzedakah. When the guy comes and puts his hand out to you, you have a chiyuv from the Torah to give tzedakah. Why are you not doing that chiyuv? Why are you holding back that obligation from tzedakah? 
because of hearsay, because someone accused this guy of being a fake, and you don't have any proof to it, and not knowing it's true, no, there, you're not allowed to hold back saying, I'm protecting myself to absolve yourself from the obligation of a mitzvah. And therefore, someone's collecting, someone accuses the guy of being a phony. If you were going to give him anyways, you cannot withhold. You have to do your obligation of tzedakah and give him the money unless it's proven true. Now, what's the teshuva? The tshuva, what is the teshuva of doing on someone who accepted Lashon Hara already? Now, depends. Did the guy repeat it to other people? If he did not repeat it, he just heard Lashon Hara and he accepted it and believed it, but he didn't repeat it to anyone else. Then he has to say in his heart, I no longer believe the story I heard. He has to pull it out from himself. I no longer believe the story I heard. I'm never again going to fall into this mistake of accepting Lashon Hara from anybody. And he has to confess in front of Hashem that he did an Avedah by accepting it in the first place. Now, what happens if he did repeat it to other people? So he heard the Lashon Hara and he repeated it over to others as well. Ooh, he has no Teshuvah, listen to this, until he does another two things besides what we just mentioned. Besides confessing and besides Kabbalah La'atid, never to do it again in the future. And besides pulling the story out from his heart and saying, I don't believe it anymore. He has to do another two things. If he repeated it to others, he has to go to the person that this story was about and he has to appease that person. He has to be Mephias, that person. And he also has to go to the people he repeated it to and convince them that what he told them over was not true. And only then could he get to Shuba. I want to tell you something. We've been talking about how terrible Ashur Hana is. We've been talking about how difficult it is for a person to be zochet to sigulot biracha shefa as long as he's still listening and talking and giving over lashonara. But to get rid of it, if all you did was hear it, it's not so difficult to get rid of it. If you said it over to others, that's a little bit more tricky. But if you heard lashonara, walk away from the conversation and say, Abba, I made a mistake. I should never have listened. I listened to one of your kids. How did I do that? Please forgive me. What I did was wrong. I don't believe it. And I'll never do it again. And it's at that moment that Hashem says to you, my friend, you just walked away from bad words that was talked about my children. And you took a part, you felt terrible about it. You'll never listen to that again. Hashem says, I'm never going to listen to anything bad about you again. The Makatrigim come to Borei Olam Shamayim. Hey, this guy, you know what he just did? Borei Olam says, wait, 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 wait. This guy just resolved that he's never listening to the bad about other people, about my other children. I'm never going to listen to the bad about him as well. Thank you for listening. Today's class and the halachot are titled right in front of him. So let's take this from the top. You know, you would think that if a person gets up in front of a large audience and speaks Lashon Hara Berabim in front of a lot of people, it's probably true because, like, you know, who would chance that? You know, who would actually go and get up in front of a very large audience of people and say something that he knows that his reputation is on the line because if it's not true, easily he'll be disproven and he'll look bad. So if he got up in front of a large audience and said that, it must be true. But yet the halacha is not like that. Halachically, even if someone says Lashon Hara in front of a large audience, still you're not allowed to believe the information to be true. What do you mean? Who would do that? 
The guy would never chance it. He wouldn't put his reputation on the line. Makes no difference. Lashon hara. Lashon hara is lashon hara. And you're not allowed to believe the information, period. What about if someone tells you lashon hara about a certain person right in front of the guy? He's saying lashon hara right in front of the guy himself. Must be true. Because, I mean, otherwise, who would chance it? Who would actually say it in front of the person himself if he didn't know 100% was true? And yet the halacha still tells us, even if he spoke Lashon in front of the guy himself, still, you're not allowed to believe the information, let alone if the guy says Lashon about someone, and then he steps up and says, I'm telling you it's true. Even if the guy himself was standing here right now, I would say it in front of his face. Definitely. You cannot believe the information without any question. Now, Rabotai, I want to tell you something of a chidush. You ready for the chidush for today? Even if he says Lashon Hara in front of the guy himself, and the guy's standing there, and right in front of his face he says Lashon Hara, and the guy he spoke about stays quiet, and he doesn't even object. He just stays quiet. Even then, the halacha states, Shtika is not kehoda'a, and you're not allowed to believe the information to be true at all. Wow, what's the chat? How do you even explain that? You want to hear something wild? This story happened with me. I was there once where a guy got up in front of a Chabura circle of guys. He said some Lashon Hara about a certain guy who was standing right there with us. And the guy stayed quiet and say a word. And everyone looked at the guy. And the guy turned a little embarrassed. But he didn't say a word. And everybody assumed the information must have been true. Because I know this guy. This guy, when he's put into that type of a position, he's the type of guy on the slightest uncomfortable war, uncomfortable word. He's the type that would actually never stay quiet. He would jump up and scream, what are you talking about? He didn't say a word. And still the halacha is, even though he's the type of person that would fight it, and now he stays quiet. You're not allowed to believe the information to be true in any which way. What's the shot? Why? So I walked up to the guy afterwards and I found out. I asked him, I said to him, why did you say anything? Why did you fight back? And listen to what he says to me. He says to me, I'll be honest with you. I was going to yell at the guy and rip him to pieces. But right now I'm going through it, Sarah. And I said, maybe this is the moment that if I stay quiet and I'm a vater and I don't answer back, maybe this will be the zechut for me, that Hashem will be mevater. And he'll see that I'm the person that was the one that was embarrassed and didn't answer. Maybe that will give me a zechut to be saved. You don't know what's going on by the other person. Even in his silence, it might be the biggest statement. At the end of the day, you're never allowed to believe Lashon Hara information to be true. Thank you for listening. Today's halachot titled The Ears, as in your ears, The Ears. Now, you know, we're living in such a world of darkness that they have the saying, seeing is believing. In the times we're living in and in the world of darkness and galut, seeing is not believing. And if seeing is not believing, because how many times we saw things over the years and it turned out to be totally something else, then clearly hearing something is definitely not believing. And therefore, even if you heard this piece of Lashon Hara, from several people, right? Several people have come along and said over the same Lashon Hara again and again to you. So if you heard this already to so many different people, 
Nonetheless, it is forbidden to believe the Lashon Hara you heard. It doesn't matter how many people told it to you, you're not allowed to believe it. Now, to protect yourself, if so many people are saying over oh, the same Lashon Hara, you can suspect that maybe there's something to this to protect yourself. But to believe it as true, never. Lashon Hara, forbidden, period. Obviously, when it comes then to rumors that are spreading around and running all over the place about a certain person who did something wrong or said something wrong, you're definitely not allowed to believe it. You can suspect that maybe there's something to it in order to guard yourself, of course. But until it's clarified, you're not allowed to believe any rumors ever at all. You know, Chazal tell us that Lashon Hara begins in the ears. And after you heard it, if you believe it, it spreads then to your heart. It's amazing. That's why Chazal tell us, that the ears are the first ones to be punished in Gehenna. So I'd like to spin this on the positive side of things. If listening to Lashon Hara is what makes the ears the first one in Gehenna to be punished, then if you close your ears and not listen to Lashon Hara, if you're amongst people that are talking Lashon Hara, even several people, and you walk away from that group of gossipers, and you close your ears or end the conversation, or use that great line that I see people do, oh my gosh, sorry, my Lashon Hara hour just started. Sorry, speak to you later. At that point, when you protected your ears, and you bailed out from Lashon Hara position, and instead you did not listen to Lashon Hara, you could guarantee that your ears will be blessed first in Gan Eden. It will be blessed first in Olam Haba. How? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe you'll hear a great judgment in Shamayim about you. I really don't know. I'll leave that up to Boreol to show us the blessings in the next world. Thank you for listening. The halachot today are titled, Rumors Without Cause. So now, when a person has many enemies, when you hear Lashon Ara about that person, you obviously understand that it's possible due to the fact that he has many enemies there is a reason where maybe someone might have made up something about him that's not true. But what happens if you heard a rumor about someone that's circulating in the city for a few days, maybe a day and a half, and the rumor is that this person committed obviously something, an act that everyone knows you're not allowed to do. That's forbidden. So now, because in this city this guy has no enemies, you start to think to yourself, wait one second, if he has no enemies, then could it be that someone actually made up the rumor? If no one hates this guy, why would anybody make up anything? But still, when it comes to halacha, just because this guy doesn't have enemies in the city, if there's a rumor going out about him, it's unclear if that would be enough to be able to believe the rumor. And therefore, in truth, it's better not to believe the rumor. Although, to protect yourself, you can be careful with this person. Now, what happens if a person goes along and speaks Lashon Arab about themselves and others in the same story? So they're telling over Lashon Ara, and they're talking about, let's say, a story that took place to them and others, which is absolute Lashon Ara. So you're allowed to believe him when it comes to the speaker himself, or what he's saying about himself. But you're not allowed to believe him regarding others. So although maybe the story is true because he's saying it about himself, you cannot believe that the other people were involved. It's very interesting when a person disassociates and breaks away from wicked people, what they don't realize is that they're saving themselves from this never-ending river of flowing Lashon Hara constantly that comes from wicked people. 
And therefore, just to break away from the wicked for this alone is already an incredible upside. Like Chazal tell us, Because regardless, even if you're working on your own Shmirat HaLashon, but if you're constantly around people that are spewing words of Lashon Hara, it ends up affecting the Shachen as well. Thank you for listening. Today's halachot titled, Trustworthy. Now, what would be if you would hear Lashon Hara from someone who's really trustworthy? Matter of fact, he's so trustworthy. He's as trustworthy as two witnesses. Someone very chashu, very prominent. Are you allowed to believe that Lashon Hara? The answer is no. Even someone, if you hear Lashon Hara from someone who's as trustworthy as two witnesses, still it is forbidden to believe information you heard, the Lashon Hara you heard from that person, let alone that that person, I mean, even a hush of a person, should not be speaking Lashon Hara like that in the first place. But if you hear it, you're not allowed to believe it. Now, if someone is trustworthy as two witnesses, a very hush of a person, would speak Lashon Hara for a permitted purpose, for instance, for a constructive purpose, like they would go over to someone's rabbi, and they would tell the rabbi information about the rabbi's congregant, that the rabbi would need to know in order to rebuke the subject that the speaker is talking about. Then the speaker is allowed to tell the rabbi information in order to rebuke the subject if the speaker saw the information firsthand and there was no way to judge the subject favorably other than the way he saw it. So he can go to the rabbi of the subject now and tell the rabbi, this is what I saw this and this guy do and there was no way to judge him favorably, and I saw it with my own eyes, then the rabbi is allowed to believe this person who's trustworthy as two witnesses to believe the information for the constructive purpose of rebuking this person. It's very interesting that these days, you know, it's not really common that we don't really have amongst us or deal on a regular basis with people who are trustworthy as two witnesses. And therefore these days, any Lashon Hara information you hear, you should never, ever believe. You could be careful with the person. You could protect yourself from the person. But to believe the information as true is absolutely forbidden. Thank you. Have a good day. The name of today's halachot, the title, is Speaking Innocently. Now think of this for a minute. If you're sitting with people and there's someone who really innocently starts slipping back and reminiscing about stuff of their past, especially their childhood, younger years. And they're just, you know, telling over stories of what they remember as growing up, speaking very innocently. And amongst those stories, they start telling over incidents that start to portray certain people in a negative way. Like they say over, uh, oh yeah, and then this person got kicked out of camp, or this person got kicked out of yeshiva. But they're talking not to hurt the person. It's very clear. They're speaking innocently, just reminiscing and thinking back and remembering the old days. Is that considered Lashon Hara, where you're not allowed to listen, nor to accept or believe information as true or not? In the Gemara, we call this Messiah Lefitumo, which means the person is telling over a story, or they're recounting information, or an incident that portrays someone in a very negative light, but they have no intention to speak bad, or to degrade the person, or to instigate even. They're just simply telling over, you know, old stories. Nonetheless, although it's debatable in the Gemara if this is Lashon Hara or not to believe, halachically speaking, one is not allowed to listen or to believe any of the information of Lashon Hara that's spoken, even if it's given over and spoken innocently, 
even Masiach Lefitumo, that information of Lashon Hara, you cannot listen, nor can you believe is true. It's very interesting, the Tana, Rabbi Lezer Hagadol, he told his son, <clears throat> don't even sit amongst the group of people that's gossiping. Don't even sit there. Don't even sit amongst the group of people that are slanderers. Because while they speak, their words go up to Shamayim, and they come in front of Kisei HaKavod, and those words are recorded. And the entire group of people sitting there are written down as a group of evildoers. Stay far away, even innocently. Have a good day.